This episode of React Podcast is brought to you by reacttraining.com. In-person, hands-on training for development teams from React community leaders and experts. Visit reacttraining.com to learn more. This is React Podcast. I am Chantastic, and I have the privilege of being joined by Sunil Pai, who is prolific. I love this man. I think we met first in React Europe in 2015. It's the first time, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. And uh, we were kind of like a little bit weirdos. Like this was this was before people had really like kind of seen the light about CSS and JS, mm-hmm. and we were kind of like just nerding out together. Also, it was a massive stuff. heat wave. I remember it was hot and sweaty most of the time. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah. it was absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Um, but yeah, Sunil works at Facebook as an engineer um, doing Oculus. Uh, Stuff, yeah, stuff. Front end engineer for Oculus apps. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, I think my org has changed. Now it's called Social VR. Really? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because clearly it's a Facebook thing. So now it's all about the social, social VR. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Facebook and Oculus. Uh, so I've been with them for about a year now. Um, I joined the Oculus team as just like a React guy. They needed a JavaScript person on a couple of projects they were doing. And it's been fun. It's intense. I, I made the mistake of assuming that if I joined like a big company, it would be super cushy and like I yeah. just do like it turns out that's wrong. That Facebook really like moves really fast and you're surrounded by all these incredible people. Yeah. Like 20 year olds who have done way more than you would have in a <laughs> lifetime. And to like it's it's a bit of work to just keep up with them. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. I've heard about the the boot camp. Is that pretty intense? It is. It's crazy. So you, you get about two months to uh a, like they do a bunch of orientation and training mm-hmm. in the tech and stuff. Uh, but uh, you also get to pick your team, like, which is strange to me. You get two okay. months to actually talk to a whole bunch of managers, see what they're working on, see if there's a good fit with the team, whether you actually like your manager. Interesting. Yeah, uh, it effectively means that everyone's first year is with a team that they like because they've taken the time to like. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does mean that for two months, you're just like puttering around wondering uh, what you're going to end up doing. You feel a little useless, but it's nice still being paid for it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, Yeah, I've heard, I've gotten to talk with a couple of people and everyone who kind of talks about that Facebook boot camp, it's like their eyes get really big as it kind of like floods over them again. And they're like... (laughs) Man, that was really rough. It was weird. It is weird. But it's good. Like, that's just it. Like, yeah, uh, other people should do this, I think. Yeah. Give them the chance to, like, assuming you're one massive multi-thousand employee company, of yeah. course. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to do this with a small startup. Is it um, is it fun to see behind the curtain there for the first time? Or is it just overwhelming? Okay, so th- this is the thing I tell pretty much everyone. Uh, these are all incredible people you're surrounded with. Yeah. Like, first of all, it's super multicultural. It's weird. They're awesome. from all over the planet. So... Uh, on my team right now, I think only like my skip level manager is an Englishman and I'm in London. <laughs> Otherwise, I have like a whole bunch of Spanish speaking folks, a Belgian. And, and it's weird because like uh, the guy I work with, his name is Peter. And I was like, hey, it's really cool. And he's like a great engineer. I'm just chatting with him. And he's like, yeah, before this, I was like on the React Native team. I'm like, what, really? Like you were like on the React Native team. He's like, yeah, that was kind of cool too. I was like, do you understand what this means to me that I'm even hanging with you in your just proximity? So it's strange. Like, yeah, you'll just, you'll see Dan Abramov just sitting in shorts and a shirt at like 6 p.m. just hacking away. Like, it's weird. It's a little weird. 
That must be awesome to just see your heroes at work. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A bunch of them are just dorks. Oh, that's the other thing. It turns out that they're all very, like, regular people in yeah. general. Yeah, uh, That's the thing with heroes, There's right? a whole bunch of shit code in the Facebook code base. Oh, yeah. Like, React doesn't save you from that yeah. at all. Uh, but, hey, shit gets done. It's yeah. it's good fun. Yeah. I meant to say that in my, my talk today. Uh, I haven't mentioned this, but we're at React Rally right now. Um, that's why we're in the, the same space together. Um, but... Um, I, ha- I had wanted to to tell people to like to really dig into their hero's code because you see how like you see the stuff that they put on like Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. like like it's the it's the picture version of code versus the stuff that like actually like makes money and get things done like it's not always pretty. Oh, no one talks about their failures. It's yeah. weird. We should be doing that because like there's definitely like 20 failures for every success, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and we don't and we. The entire point of this conference is to like humanize these people to get people who are just doing regular stuff on stage. Yeah. But it we end up like six months later like hero worshiping them, and that's <laughs> odd. We shouldn't. Like, we shouldn't. I'm telling you, they're all dorks, like <laughs> such nerds all around us. So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, so why don't we start here? What's what are some of the uh, the mistakes that got you to where you are today? Oh oh, so so I got into college uh, fairly cliched. Uh, South Indian uh, academic story where I did well in school and I got into a good college. Yeah. Uh, at which point I uh, discovered that I could, uh, I discovered girls, I got into the college <laughs> band, I smoked a bunch of weed and uh, like I just ruined everything that I, I hated my teachers and my classes. Oh, sure. oh my God, they were just so terrible. Just <laughs> destroyed my love for programming in four years. So I ended up taking like seven years to get my four year degree. It was weird. Like, my dad, by the end of it, was like, just go write the exam. You're better than this. Just get the degree. Like, we paid for it. Uh, but that meant, like, one massive career course thing. Because I, I thought, like, before I got into college, I was like, huh, this is clear. I'm doing a whole cliched thing. I'll be doing something academic. At the yeah. point, I was like, oh, maybe I want to do AI in, like, an American college with some uh, famous professors that I was yeah. following at the time and all. And all those options just shut down, like, immediate. Because I wouldn't get into any college with the kind of uh, academic record that I had. Oh, sure. Right. So uh, so then I worked with my uncle for a bit for a year. Uh, that was great. I, I wrote uh, embedded software for trains. Whoa, no way. That was super fun. Like, there's, like, uh, there's a town in India called, uh, oh, my God, I can't, uh, I don't, uh, Chitranjan, where they make like the trains, not just the coaches, but like the actual engines they import, right? So, and you plug into that with the serial port and you start hacking on the software on it. And it's great because the entire village runs just around this train manufacturing thing. It's a government run thing, et cetera. Uh, So I did that for about a year and that was intense, but like it got to me. Like it wasn't really the sort of thing I was looking for. What, What was the, what did the software control in the trains? So there's a whole bunch of proprietary stuff that happens. It's written in mostly like C, C++, a bunch of VHD, a low-level like hardware code. Uh, uh, we were doing this thing where um, the project that, the major project that I was working on at the time was the problem with doing like diagnostics and stuff for software on trains, It uh, if something goes wrong on a train, you can't really find out about it until the train comes into a station, you plug into into the box and pull out the diagnostic Mm -hmm. data. So we started, we kind of invented a a transport format over SMS, like literally encoding bytes into SMS messages and sending it over the wire because that's literally the only way that you have any sort of network because (laughs) 
deep in the jungles of wherever you are not going to get good network yeah yeah, yeah. you you can't count on well there's no wifi there's no sure, nothing sure. so we had to send sms's SMS. out with encoded messages it was a fun project uh, I did that for encoded kind of like 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 pager messages back in the day. Uh, pretty much, yeah, li- yeah, literally. And then there's something that's listening to it and like tries to convert it and then shows a list to someone who's looking at it. So nine one one emergency. Effectively, the, like the train itself is like screaming nine one one. That was fun. Uh, then I, I I joined a company called Pramati in Hyderabad, and that's where I met my first great manager. Mm. Uh, this uh, Chandru, his name was Chandru. Uh, and I owe him like so much. So he also is not a programmer. He was like an ex-editor at the Indian Express newspaper. Okay. Like he was like into design or something. But he ran like the UX, UI part of this company. Uh, uh, their client services, fairly typical, like doing client work for a bunch of projects all over the place. So I went up to him and I was like, yeah, I don't really know much. I did really badly in college. And he was like, that's okay. And we found out that we have like guitars in common, that we like playing the guitar. So we like chatted about that. And then we were like, oh shit, we're supposed to have an interview. And he's like, you know what, it's fine. Why don't you just show up? Like, we will pay you like what we pay all our other junior engineers. And like, let's figure it out. And I remember the first day I came in, he's like, okay, I get you don't know anything. Figure out how to make an Ajax request. So, mind you, this is in 2006. Uh-huh. Uh, Firebug had not released yet. IE was still the most popular browser. Yes, yep. uh, so, alert-driven development was everything. Yes. And I had no idea, mind you. I had no idea of even those basics. Yes. Uh, and, it, and it took me three days to figure out how to make an Ajax request, to even find out what the hell it was. I think I recollect weeping at some point in the middle <laughs> of that. It was weird. I was like, this makes no sense. My life is crude. Uh, but like I had Chandru and he was just so supportive. He's like, it's fine. You just do step by First you do this. Then we like learn how to do something else. Yes. And mind you, he didn't program either. So he was like learning with me. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly I'm a web developer after that. And I love JavaScript. And JavaScript was like a toy language. I remember like uh, enough of my classmates told me that, oh shit, like you went to a fancy engineering college and you're doing JavaScript. This, this isn't even engineering. Like at the point they're like, why are you doing this to yourself? Figure out something else. And I'm like, no, it's kind of fun though. It's nice. All you have to do is refresh. I haven't like compiled anything in a while, which is weird by the way. It looks like we just brought back every compilation pipe- pipeline into our industry. Yes. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> but that was great. So I I stuck with them for a little under three years and I learned so much. Like I I remember when Firebug 0.1 launched and it was just uh, like I literally went running around office showing it to people. I was like, check it out. If you change like the style attribute, you yes. can just fit up, up, up. And it like like yeah. you could change numbers just by doing yes. up. And they were like, no, this doesn't seem right. Like, how are you doing this? <laughs> that is I mean, that was a magic moment. I remember the same where you. I had always had to visualize in my head the box model of, uh, you know, of, of a box, right. like yeah, a, yeah. of a div. And I remember opening Firebugs for the first time and it's showing me that, like with the different divisions. And I was yeah. like, holy shit, like this changes everything. It, it changed everything. Oh my, overnight, like suddenly, like you could start thinking about your code differently. Yes. Uh, you could see your code run, you could step through it yep. properly. And that was, that was a magical moment. I remember. Yeah, I and know, like seeing point. like seeing all that that like the network tab activity, like mm-hmm. seeing that like come in and like how long it took and like all this stuff is insane. I uh, that happened then a couple of years after that Chrome launched, yeah, which again like changed the game. And I remember, so I was working on a at the time they were called Rich Internet Application Frameworks (RIAs). Do, yes, do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was working on one of those for a client, and it was just dog slow, but nobody cared because all JavaScript was slow at yes. the time. 
uh, and just Chrome came and all our stuff, like just, it was something like 10 or 20x faster, everything that we ran. And we were like, okay, what now? What happens next? <laughs> this is strange. We have never had this kind of power. You just put a little like thing on the button, best if viewed in Chrome. I, that's what we should have done. <laughs> Oh, that's what it, that's what we do now. I assume, right? Like that's that's what we do anyway. We build in Chrome, we deploy in Chrome, and then we spend like the weekend figuring out the IE IE bugs. I guess it's true. It's true. Like, we'll, yeah, we'll figure that out later. So I did that for a while, and then like so after Pramati, I, I I've never re I, I started hopping across companies. Mm -hmm. Like I I would spend like a year in a place. Uh, but not like in a bad way, not like I would get like unhappy or anything. It sure. was very much, I wanted to learn uh, how to do something new. I, I worked at a design firm for a while. I did this government thing with the trains. I did client work. Uh, I wanted to join a, a product company. So I spent uh, a year with Yahoo and I built Yahoo Maps. Mm. By the way, that was weird. Like I didn't, I didn't know what team I was joining when I joined Yahoo. And they said, you're on the Maps team. And I was like, Yahoo has Maps. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, like it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> Uh, that was you're fired. You're fired. Yeah. No, it's okay. But it was fun. Like, so I spent a year with them doing that, and that was good. I think. Well, well, I don't. I'm not even sure if maps.yahoo.com is alive. But at the time, at the time, uh, it, it was huge. From what I understand, most of Craigslist Craigslist maps were had Yahoo Maps. Okay. Maps. So hey, I got to production. I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, so I did that. So I hopped across a bunch of places. It was really good. Uh, my last gig before Facebook was at an e-commerce place called Mintra. Uh, that was fun. Uh, I did the one project I think everyone will end up doing for the next couple of years, which is to convert a PHP code base into a Node code base. Okay. I mean, in five years we'll be doing we'll be moving from Node to Go or Wasm sure. or whatever. So yeah. I was doing the it was doing the PHP to Node where everyone was just shifting projects. That was a that was a great time as well. We we scaled to India scale, which is strange, by the way. Can tell I me get, about it. Tell yeah yeah. Tell me about it. it like you so. Mintra was big enough where, you know, you can look at the metrics and you can make judgment calls about the country itself. And oh, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll tell you the strangest thing that happened. It happened the night we deployed the final code base. We had tested it. It was fast. Like we were beating the pants of competitors, like super fast websites in India. And that yeah. like counts because like shitty internet everywhere. Sure, sure. Uh, so we had metrics like up the butt. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. Like I was seeing, oh, wow, like we're getting 3000 requests a minute. It's cool. all good and all that. And I was... And, I, and we went home and I was just just kept watching the metrics through the night. And at 12 o'clock, it looked like all my servers were crashing. It was weird. Like it was a steep drop off. Ooh. And I started panicking. Just heart sank. Yeah, because yeah. that's the first night of my thing deployed. Yeah, yeah. And I reach out to the ops folks and they're like, everything looks normal. And I was like, yeah, because so in an, when something like Twitter goes down, people bitch about it. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when an e-commerce com company goes down, people abuse the shit out of you because they think you're doing it like purposely to like fuck with the money and sure, stuff because sure, it's sure. it's a it's a matter of money right like, like you got we, bought off by a competitor or something like that in fact later yeah. we got yeah so it was so we, i i was freaking out and that's and it was the other strange thing about it was that it was it happened at exactly 12 like at midnight at midnight like 3 or 4 minutes plus minus and it was so strange at which point i realized that that's a cultural thing about india which is they see 12 o'clock and they're like, oh, it's time for sleep. And they throw their phones away. <laughs> it was so weird. And which is why then like we started digging into the data and I now know the best time to send a push notification. By the way, this is like, if you companies out there are listening, don't send it between 5.30 to 6.30. Everyone's on their way home. Uh, they don't give a shit. Uh, so you do it either at like 4.30 or like afterwards, like past 6.30, 7 o'clock. Super strong pro tip. Like it turns out that you should treat your servers the way... Uh, 
uh, TV folks treat pricing for ads, uh-huh. you know, like d- based on different times of the sure, day. Sure. Yeah, it turns out those those are the same as server uh, traffic part- patterns. That is so crazy. Yeah, so like, yeah, you, you end up learning so many things about people. Also, it's... Like, tra- it's midnight, phone's down. Yeah. Gotta go to sleep sometime. <laughs> the other thing is that because we were selling uh, like clothes and stuff, uh, there's a section of people in the world who seem to get off on searching for like pictures of bras and stuff. And it's <laughs> <Okay>. weird. <laughs> like we go through the search terms and we always have to clean out things and we're like, why? Why do they do this? I mean, porn is free on the internet. Right, yeah, it's <laughs> Why are you even doing this to us? Like it's... It's like a gray area. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those moral gray areas for people, I yeah. think. Like, oh, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm underwear shopping. I I'm guess. not looking at porn, I'm underwear shopping. Oh, sure. Uh, this isn't even a JavaScript thing, but... Uh, another story from then is, so while I was building this page, especially the search page with all the products, right? Yeah. I got really familiar with all the models that we use for all the clothes. Mm. Like, I, I got to a point where I knew what every person's uh, uh, favorite posture was. One, <laughs> w- one dude used to put four fingers inside his pocket and leave the thumb sticking out. The other <laughs> one used to tilt a little back because clearly he thought his left side was the best side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and finally, at, so- at one point, we moved to a new office where all these different offices came together. And I remember seeing uh, one of those models walking past me uh, uh, in the corridor. And he looked at me and he gave me the dirtiest look. I was like, what is that about? But my friend was with me. He's like, why did you look at him that way? It turns out my natural instinct now to look at these people is to just make a scrunched up <laughs> face and just be mean. And that dude was like, who the hell is this stranger doing this to me? It was a fun time. I did three years with them. Great company. We got acquired by the competitor Flipkart because they they just realized we were better than them. So they might as well spend the money on us. Oh, awesome. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. So that cool. happened. Uh, it was good. Great team. I miss all those people. Uh, but yeah, then I spent a year doing nothing, mm-hmm. which is to say I came out with a CSS and JS library as uh, an experiment. Mm-hmm. And it was just like to help a friend who was like building a website at yeah. the time. And I was like... I. I don't want to do this again. I just wrote three years of CSS. Yeah. And I just, I, I can't do it the same way again. And this is, is this a gla- Glamour? Or <coughs> exactly, exactly. And this that's, is 20, 2015-ish, about uh, late 2014? The 2015 sounds, wait, 2015, 2016, I don't remember. Uh, it was around the time. Like, yeah, yeah. I got into I think it, we like, met at the React Europe in 2015, summer of 2015. Right. Did I, did I, had I put out Glamour by then? I don't think so. No, I don't no, think I don't so. think Glamour I, had come out. Yeah. Yeah, it, it hadn't. Uh, but it was supposed to just be an experiment for me. Yeah. And I I wanted to save it somewhere so it goes on GitHub. Mm-hmm. Didn't expect anyone to have a look at it. But slowly started having conversations with people. And I remember the first version of Next.js mm-hmm. uh, from Zite uh, used only Glamour. Yeah. Like it didn't have anything else. Yeah. And uh, Guillermo, who is like such a sweetheart, he, pu- he put it up in his slides and he's like, Glamour is awesome. It is And awesome. suddenly like I started getting the GitHub star yeah. uh, treatment where I refresh every 10 minutes. I'm like, who are all these people? Why are they here? <laughs> who are you? Oh, who are yeah, you? What's who going you? on? Uh, and I found myself being dragged into conversations, very uncomfortable yeah. conversations where I had to have an opinion yes. about how things have to be built and how it shouldn't be built. It Isn't was, that such a funny thing? Like you, you give a talk or you open open a library <laughs> up and then all of a sudden people start pulling you into random conversations to settle a bet, basically. Effectively. And it's odd because I don't want... This is exactly what I mean. I the only, the only delta I have with somebody else is that I wrote 400 lines of code. <laughs> okay, because otherwise we are pretty much on the same level. I'm yeah. not the expert. Sure, <laughs> I've written 10 years of CSS yeah. and I'm good at that, which 
kind of actually makes me an old hand. I'm part of the older school of yes. developers. I'm not part of Same. the React thing and all that. It took me a while to get, like, React pissed me off so much. <laughs> Are you serious? Like, classes and this, like, it gave me, it was not fun. Yeah. But I just, and yeah, so suddenly people are like, huh, Sunil Pai, uh, CC 3.1, OCSS and JS is ugly. I got abused. I got a bunch of DMs, which is also, by the way, weird to all all of you who ever did that to me. You folks are weird and you should like <laughs> learn how, like social manners, I guess. It was odd. Uh, a bunch of like hero types that I had in the industry said really nasty shit. I had that too. That, by the way, that's the one that hurt. That's, that hurts. That that really hurts. That is the worst. And it comes out of nowhere. Like you wake up in the morning and you're like four tweets about this and you're like. Yeah, and you're like, I've never talked to this person. I've always looked up to them because I enjoy their blog posts. Like yeah. they're really smart. I've learned a lot from them. Yeah. And they're telling me that I'm an idiot. Yeah, it's it was, it's it's so hard. I think that's why I'm kind of the trolley asshole, asshole character that I am right now. <laughs> it's more of a defense mechanism. Sure, yeah. Because otherwise I'd cry, bro. Like, yeah. I, I would have wanted to weep at the time. This is the only way to deal with that kind of treatment. Do you think, okay, so so this, this brings up a question though. Do you think that you inadvertently do that to other people, like protecting yourself on accident? Oh my God, way? I hope not. Like I try, you know what, I... Like, are you asking whether I'm mean to other people? Like, yeah, I mean, like, because I wonder sometimes if, like, you know, they have obviously gotten to a point of fame where I know about them, mm -hmm. right? And so then maybe this is just part <laughs> of their, like, you know, their mechanisms for dealing with with new technology and and, and whatnot is by like kind of calling me out. That's whatever. possible. That's you know what? That's very likely. It doesn't make it right, but at least I can understand it. <laughs> yeah, and so I just I, I I wonder if like if there's in any any way like your defense mechanisms kind of maybe doing that to somebody you know what? else I've, sometimes. I've actually had people call me out on that before. Yeah? Uh, like where I'd make a joke where I think it's just funny and I'm just letting yeah. off steam after I've read like six people say shit sure. in another thread yeah. because Twitter is all about the subtweets. <laughs> and then someone's like, why would you say such a thing like that? That's awful. That's such, that you don't do that in a community of people. Yes. You say such a thing. And there's no way in... 280 characters that I can explain the last 10 years of context to them, like why I would even say that. And it's and, and I don't blame them. I was like, okay, fine. I do need to watch what I'm saying. Yes. Oh, that's another thing. Uh, I have way too many Twitter followers. <laughs> like I have way fewer than like a lot of other sure, like sure, famous sure. people. But it's weird. Like I, I can't say like uh, dirty shit anymore. Like I, yeah. I control myself. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I, I. I can't take pot shots at a bunch of other things, which is fine. Like I have other friends for that. Like yeah. I have WhatsApp groups and shit. But <laughs> I and it's good. Me, you know what? It's given me a little bit of discipline because it, I think it's taught me that like my words have power. Because if other people's words affected me so much, yes. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it was odd and it's it's been a weird journey. So I did, anyway. So that was the year that happened where I was just jobless, burning through my savings and writing CSS and JS libraries. CSS and JS libraries. Yeah. There are some people that I met in the community that I know that I'll be friends with forever. For example, you, yeah. uh, fucking Ryan Florence, yeah. Kai, Kai. That's it. So Kai Weinberger, who's the uh, author of Emotion JS. Emotion. That that was weird. Like he just reached out to me based on an idea that I had written for last year's uh, React Europe talk, mm -hmm. uh, which was CSS in JS but purely compiled out and all that. And he just took that idea and ran with it. Yeah. And it was weird because it started off being the polar opposite of something like Glamour, but he iterated on it and got to a Glamour API. Yeah. It basically matches the Glamour API right now. Uh -huh. 
then him and Mitchell just made that like a speed beast. Like it is the oh, fastest thing out there. Like it's odd. Both him and Mitchell are like supremely talented. Uh, and I'm, so I've made these, these incredible friends. And by the way, we are in our thirties. We don't make friends anymore. Right. It's, it sucks. <laughs> we don't make friends. We don't go to weddings. <laughs> exactly. We don't do that shit anymore. So this is like very, str- I feel like a teenager. I, I met Kai for the first time in my life uh, this, during the same. this year, right now. Same, yeah. Uh, and it's weird because we, it feels like we've known each other for years now. We know everything about each other. We know what we each dislike, what we like. Yeah. And it's been amazing hanging with him. And the dude is tall. Like, so tall. You can't tell that I had on no Twitter. Idea. Right? He's so tall. This is the weirdest thing about like meeting, knowing people on Twitter <coughs> and then meeting them in person. Is you always like, get the height wrong, right? Always get the height wrong. Mm-hmm. You can never get it right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened with Max Stoiber. Max Stoiber <laughs> is a tall dude. He's so tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, I, I don't know. I think age is always kind of hard to gauge on Twitter. Sometimes you get it right. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking Max was... I mean, I knew that he was younger, but he like he looked a little bit older in his photos. And then mm-hmm. when I saw him in, in person, I was like, oh, yeah, no, you're mm. you're whatever. Super tall. That, and it was annoying because then like I want to take pictures with the people I meet. But now the selfie has him at one level and me at one level. <laughs> anyway, it so feels I, awkward to hand it, hand the phone to the tall person and be like, hey, can you uh, snap this photo yeah, for me? Yeah. So I did that for about a year and uh, I kind of started running out of money. And uh, I started looking for like opportunities. Yeah. I was al- al- I was always talking to like startups and a bunch of people kept reaching out to me for help for like, because clearly they knew that I was into React and they're like, hey, we're thinking of using React. Do you think yeah. it's a good idea? I'm like, no, yeah, it's a good idea. Like, let's do this. <laughs> uh, I'd build off like a prototype for them too. But th- that wasn't making me any money. Uh, so I started looking like slightly broader, like not just inside India and stuff. And I got myself an interview with Google. Hmm. Uh, and uh, that was kind of exciting. Uh, I'm not going to mention the team or who I met. Sure, sure. Because that turned out to be a weird experience. <laughs> uh, they, I don't think they liked me very much, Google. Mm. Anyway, but what was happening was I was going, I was heading to London for an interview with uh, Google. And uh, Dan was like, hey, since you're coming over here, you should just interview with Facebook as well. And so he referred me. Uh, and so I literally did the interview in Google. Google didn't know that I was interviewing with Facebook, but yeah. Facebook knew I was interviewing with Google. Uh, I did Google. I checked out of the hotel, walked 50 meters to the next hotel where I checked in, <laughs> and then went and did the other interview the next day. The Facebook interview was super fun. Uh, and that was nice. And then I went back and I waited in India. I kind of thought I had the Google gig, but it didn't happen. And they gave okay. me like really shitty feedback. Uh, but Facebook kind of dug me. They were like, huh, like everybody who met you had a great time. You yeah. you clearly like know the things you work. There was a great culture fit, so to speak. Sure, sure. Oh, and also I uh, realized that Facebook isn't evil. <laughs> I might get fired for this. So my phrase <laughs> is that they're incompetent at scale. It's, imp- it's impossible <laughs> to do something for 2 billion people at a time. Especially, I agree. Yeah, right. It is. It is. The simplest feature will be found by somebody and abused like mad. Yeah. yeah, So Facebook had this whole move fast, move fast culture for a time, and they've dialed that back like a lot Mm -hmm. because now, like, they seriously consider uh, the repercussions of just the simplest diffs, the simplest feature that you put out there. And it's a it's a hard thing to do because well, it's a big target too. Like people want to see Facebook fit. I mean, it's the Goliath. It is, and so, yeah. like, you got uh, just a million Davids trying to throw mm. rocks at your head. It's it's very easy to it's it's given me empathy to these companies. Don't get me wrong; I still think they're mega corp, board sure, corporations. Of course, of course, but I don't think they're fundamentally evil. You know, yeah. that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're evil by accident. 
don't know. Uh, wow. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm just, hey, just saying like it is. It, it, uh, but I like the people in Facebook. Like internally, the work culture, the way everyone treats each other is mm-hmm. just amazing. Yeah. Uh, sure, everyone works really hard, but I can, on a Monday morning, if I think I don't want to go to work because reasons Mm -hmm. that's fine like it's cool everybody understands it no one really questions it because everyone has like a lot of faith in each other yeah no one really tries to abuse the system Mm -hmm. so yeah like some mondays i'm just like yeah i'm not going in but then sometimes i'm like yeah i'm gonna work for two days straight (laughs) through the night and bust out like a whole bunch (laughs) this will be done in three days yeah yeah so i joined uh, i uh i got the facebook call and i moved because that was also my first time in london for the interview and i loved it it's just the most magical multicultural thing ever. Yeah. Just so many accents everywhere, which is just such a turn on. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, so I, I moved there with the wife and uh, my wife actually like pushed me to it as well because uh, she did her uh, uni degree in a place called Lancaster and mm-hmm. she loved the place. Mm-hmm. And she knew that I would love the place as well. And I ended up loving it. So we moved. It was nice. Uh, the rent is super expensive. <laughs> Fuck you, London. Uh and uh, and then uh, I found the opening in the Oculus team and I was like, okay, they need like React folks. You know what? So this is what I tell people. Like I was so excited and happy to not do web development for a while. And then I spent my first three weeks with Oculus just fixing CSS bugs with React Native yep. in like React VR. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is this is a cosmic joke. Like, <laughs> why am I the CSS guy? Why, why does this come to me everywhere? Like I did not expect to be the CSS guy. I've written a shit ton of CSS, but that's kind of... like you just keep getting reincarnated into the same human. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Like, like, you know what? I accepted, okay, maybe it's fate, but it's a cruel joke is what it is. But yeah, especially for such a terrible language. Especially for such a terrible language. You know know what? Actually, that's just it. Uh, There are two parts to CSS, right? It's the attributes. There's one long list of attributes and values that you give. Color, Mm -hmm. this, that. Yes. That's amazing. Awesome. That's brilliant. There's nothing better, I think. I agree. Okay. I think selectors are garbage. Like, yeah. And and it's because they they were never intended to do what we do with it. Like, we abuse them. Exactly. We have no choice but to. Right. uh, I mean, it's abuse, but it's abuse so that you get to prod. Yeah. But, and the the problem with CSS, trying to explain the problem with selectors to people, is that it doesn't fit in a tweet or a screenshot. Yes. It happens when you're on a project six months or a year old, yes. where it's starting to grow. Yeah. And suddenly, you're like changing features and doing rewrites. Yes. That's way simpler with Java. JavaScript had the same problem in the in the late 90s and, uh, well, not later, uh, the early 2000s because of a global namespace. Global. It had yeah. exactly the same yes. problem. How do you load a bunch of modules in order? Mm-hmm. People got so, uh, like, I think that's why, like, People got, people got used to being so careful about it yes. that now they they rally, when they see like a huge dependency tree now in NPM, they're like, mm-hmm. oh shit, this is so much more complicated than it used to be. Yep. But the whole point was that we were not capable of doing that. Yep. The whole point of dependency trees right now is that it's not your problem anymore. Yes. And people freak out. Oh, look, there are like a thousand files in my node modules directory. <laughs> like, why does it matter? It's literally not meant to matter. Should yeah. we make? Should we just call it dot node modules and make it a hidden folder? Do you think that'll help? Ooh, like, that's a good question. Like, yeah, like you is, can see them. Yeah, it doesn't matter at all. Sure, it matters. Matters in the sense like, oh, make sure your bundle size isn't too sure. big and all that. But no, people seem to freak out when they see like a, a big tree. It is intimidating, right? Like, I think like uh, like <laughs> like Ruby kind of hides all that. 
from you. Like they do hide it. And so yeah. like you, you don't ever see that. And I know, that's the whole point of computers though. Like abstraction is supposed to hide this stuff for you. Yeah. Can you imagine what these people would do if they started counting the number of transistors in a in a processor? <laughs> right? There are billions and trillions of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, let's get some perspective here yeah. first. And yeah. you know what? That's the other thing that I learned when I, I started with this uh, with the Oculus team, right? So there, there are two flagship, really, Oculus devices. There's mm -hmm. the Rift for, like, video games and stuff on PCs, mm -hmm. big, monstrous, massive graphics cards, yep. uh, all that stuff. And then there's the mobile stuff we do, uh, especially the, the thing that we just came out recently. It's called an Oculus Go. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, an S7 kind of specs. Like, sure. the specs are not even, like, this year's best phone, like, possibly of right. two years ago or a year ago when they made the hardware specs. And I'm thinking to myself that if we can get... Uh, I, I did a little demonstration of chess that we built with React. Yeah, uh, that was great. Right? So that is also running React Motion, mm -hmm. right? And it's getting 60 FPS animations on the single-threaded thing. I'm thinking to myself, hey, if I'm able to pull out this kind of performance from a shitty mobile device, I think the rest of you can manage CSS in your JavaScript. <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> stop freaking out so much about it. Sure, you can abuse any technology and make it, like, terrible, but come on, man. Like, there, there are a lot of people doing, like, way better things. It is, the, the hate on that, it's like, it, it, that one took a surprisingly amount of, a surprisingly long amount of time. Yeah, it's still it's still hated. Like I, I have a saved term that I go to, and there'd be like, I think it's about a fifty fifty split of people. It's it only generates strong opinions, mm -hmm. either in one way or the yeah, other. There are yeah. people who love it, or there are people who are just disgusted by it. I think you gave a talk. It was at React Europe, maybe a couple of years ago, and um, where you were you, you were talking about that kind of initial web development experience, where you like. You do like a, a span and you like <laughs> color red and whatever. And now with React and with CSS and JS, like you get back to that kind of experience. But then all of the optimization, like or like the on-click, like right on the element, all of the optimizations, all of the things that make that fast, like are handled by at the framework level. Exactly. Yes. Oh my, that is... That is a big change in that you owe, we owe that to React, like to introduce yes. that kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. A, to like... Think ambitiously about what you can get the computer to do for you mm -hmm. and then get back to like the developer experience that you want to be productive. That's insane. Because the first time you see it, it's weird. Inline handlers. I <laughs> like there I spent 10 years <laughs> yeah. not doing that because everybody and their dad told me it was a bad idea. Yes. And suddenly I'm like, Facebook is doing it? Like, really? <laughs> and like it makes you think that Facebook sucks at JavaScript, right? Oh, like totally. Like you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, clearly they hire badly and like. And it suddenly, when I think we'd seen a wave of kind of like poorly thought out uh, JavaScript frameworks starting to come out from fairly big companies. Oh, oh sure, yeah, exactly. Oh, everyone was getting on this uh, chain systems, right? Yeah. Like, just you you bind these objects together and they magically update. Yes, but yeah. it was never really performant. Yeah. yeah, and so we'd seen a bunch of those, and this just felt like, oh well, Facebook's got a shitty framework that they use for UI too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I I watched the talk. Uh, the JSConf 2013 talk where they announced it. Mm -hmm. I watch it at least like once every six months or so. And <laughs> really? I die laughing. So I love Tomo. I love Jordan Walk. No, not just love Jordan Walk. I think like he's kind of a genius or whatever. Oh, he is. Yeah, but that's a terrible talk. Like yeah. it is not a good talk. <laughs> at least it's not a good talk to market the idea. Because he literally goes up and says, oh, this is JSX, our version of XML. He says something like, yeah. and he says that to a room full of JavaScript developers. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm, I'm just cringing. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe he just said that. Yeah, your NIH bells go off yeah, like hardcore. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was so funny. The first year of React, it seemed like everyone was talking about like the virtual DOM, right? Mm -hmm. And like maybe like a year after that, it was like, oh, like the value of this thing is that we don't have to think about it or know what it exactly. does. Exactly. Uh, everybody made a virtual DOM library that very few people ended up using, right? Yeah. <laughs> the re the, the most successful virtual DOM library was Preact. And again, it's because nobody cared about the virtual DOM behind it. Yeah. Right? It's, it was like, oh, finally we have like component interfaces and all. I tried yeah. a bunch of those virtual DOM libraries. They're very well built. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, but it meant that you would have to reinvent all the other bits around it, like a yes. component system yep. and state and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, right around that time, so we, I think we started, I think I wrote my first React code back in 2013. Um, and then we started working with it like kind of 2014, maybe mm -hmm. March of then. Um, then we met in 2015, but I was, I we talked about this last night at dinner. I was primed at that point for, for that shift. Like in, I didn't get it right away at first, but I, I was already building in my Rails apps. I had partials that that would have the, like the view code for mm -hmm. you know for the Rails. But then I would put like a script tag and I would put like CSS like in line there, um, and like like an on you know kind of like this one off you know selector and like an inline handler and all that kind of stuff because I wanted that to be something that could just go away. Yeah. But like when it when it disappears like. You know, maybe maybe we're smart enough to remove the template, but that CSS and that JavaScript are living in the app for Forever. the rest of eternity. Yep. Nobody deletes CSS ever. 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 <laughs> Unless you, I mean, the only way is to start over. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I've done that a bunch of times. It's very liberating. <laughs> where you're like, here's really 6,000 lines of CSS just out the door. <laughs> I don't mind spending the next two months rebuilding it again, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good feeling. <laughs> Oh, uh, I actually have a story about the that year that we met. Yeah. Like why I even showed up at React Europe that year. So about six months before that, uh, I was at Mintra and we were just getting React into like a few places. Like mm -hmm. our main stack did not have React, of mm -hmm. course. Like I was just like starting to read about like React in like 20, late 2014, early 2015 because of uh, Pete Hunt's and David Nolan's talks. Yep. Those are great talks. Amazing I, still talks. Still like one of the better talks yes. in the React community. Uh, and at the time, my company decided that they were going to shut down our website and go only apps. Wow. Right? And I was the JavaScript dude there. So I was <laughs> like, am I getting fired? Like, is is this how it ends? It's odd, but okay. But no, like I had a great manager, Shamik, at the time. And he was like, you know what? No. First of all, like you have a lot of value. You've done so much. Like yeah. you've built out our node stack and this and that. Why don't you just figure it out? Like take a little time, figure it out. And sure. like... Keep yourself interesting. And then React Conf happened. And at React Conf, they announced React Native. Mm. By the way, for, uh, for about a month right before React Conf, I was look I bought a Java book and an Objective-C book, and yep. I hated it. Like, I went 10 pages, and I was like, no, oh, terrible. This, this is not for me. <laughs> and, I, like, mentally, I was thinking, okay, I'm probably going to quit in a month, like, or two months, like, because <laughs> there's clearly nothing else I can do. And they announced React Native, and I just, I was like, this can't be real. Like, this is so unreal. Uh, but we weren't at React Conf. And you remember they gave access only to the people who attended yes. it. They gave beta oh, access. Oh, people were pissed about that. Right? <laughs> so what me and another colleague, Param, who's like just the smartest cookie ever, I'm, going to, I'm looking forward to working with, again with him in the future. So we used the talk and we like reverse engineered a version of, by ourselves okay. of React Native. <laughs> 
And we took that and we sent it to Christopher Shadu. <laughs> and he replied back saying, okay, you have access to the repo. <laughs> so that that's how it is, which is why I went to React Europe to find out what the Android story was to corner yeah. Viju and to like ask him questions about it. Yeah. I made sure that I was staying in the same hotel that the FB folks were at. <laughs> I was like, this was a big plan for me. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. just there for the talks. <laughs> So it was great. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. So we got React. We were the first folks in India to get React Native into production. We even built our own over-the-air update system. Yeah. Because that's how we managed to convince uh, management. We were so used to making like 10 changes a day to the website. Yeah. And suddenly there's a, a month-long cycle to push out your mobile app. And we were not okay with that. I'm like, no, we can now push it out 10 times a week again. It doesn't matter. And they were like, okay, let's yes. do this. Let's get into production. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's uh, it's been about forty minutes, and we have a talk that we're really desperate to see mm -hmm. uh, to see Kent C. Dodds. Um, so, real quick, last question: Do you have projects and people that you're really excited um, about, or you think are doing good work right now? So, a lot of my free time, so to speak, is spent hacking like around suspense right now, trying mm -hmm. to find out what the edge cases are, what it can be used for, how else, which group of people do we piss off now? Yeah, uh, and that is really great. Uh, I'm keeping a close eye, non-committal on the stuff that we're doing in the design world. I think FramerX is the next step. Mm. I, I'm not sure if FramerX is the answer, but they've clearly thought about what the next step should be yes. and how, how we make applications. Mm -hmm. uh, that's fun. Uh, I also, and I was mentioning this to you earlier, is I think this year or next year is the year that JavaScript developers stop being web developers primarily. Mm. Because there are so many new uh, mediums for us to express ourselves yeah. in now. I think VR is getting there. I think it's a little too early to be like super mainstream, but it mm -hmm. will get there. It's mm -hmm. obvious. Um, stuff, I think people are going to write React renderers, a lot of way more React renderers in the future. So I yeah. always keep an eye open for like, what next programming language community is the, are the React folks going to get into? Yeah, It's an interesting pattern. Uh, yeah. No, uh, nothing specific. Oh, and of course, like I look at every CSS and JS library. I make sure it. I have I have an opinion on it. That I make sure I have a strong opinion on it. You got to keep a pulse on it. Exactly, right? of course. Like I need. I ha I have a saved Twitter search to make sure I know who's hating on it. To make sure because people give give up their opinion on it very easily. Yeah. Like literally, there'll be an arbit question saying, "Hey, what is the best advice you got in your career?" And the first answer will be, "Don't put your CSS in your JavaScript." <laughs> like, come on, man! Like clearly, you haven't even tried. Like obviously. Uh, so yeah, well, it's nice to know that you're watching over the space for yes, us. I am. Thank I you. Am. It's cool. It's cool. If anybody crosses the line, I'll let them know. <laughs> you're a Batman. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, that's it, really. Otherwise, uh, what I really... I, I'm excited about JavaScript becoming more open for people who aren't... I, I, want, I don't want to say not good at programming, but very early in their programming yeah. journey. Uh, we are... I think we are getting to a place where we're going to start ditching authority mm. uh, because sure, there are a lot of great ideas from the last 10, 15 years, uh, but some of those are holding us back. Mm. Some of those are ivory temples and they're just not inviting to beginners and yes. people we actually need to reach out to. Yep. It's weird that designers aren't all over JavaScript and mm -hmm. I think it's because we keep them out. Yep. So it would be nice. It, it would be nice to fix those problems. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's going to be the next big JavaScript thing where we envelop other domains. 
Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see that unfold. We'll have I'm to talk about excited. that more. Uh-huh. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sunil, for being on the show. I really appreciate being able to talk with you and, uh, and, and connect a little bit more. Thanks, Michael. I had fun too. <laughs> That's all for React Podcast episode 23. For links to the people and projects mentioned in this show, though they are few, visit reactpodcast.com slash 23. And finally, consider supporting the long-term health of this weekly show by visiting reactpodcast.com slash partner and choosing a plan for our Patreon. Join us next week for a hilarious episode with Burke Holland. We talk VS Code, Azure Cloud Services, and how he found the identity of Horse.js. Horse.js.